Hey guys, welcome back to the marketplace. I'm your host, Priest Willis, and this is episode number 90. Today I'm joined with John and Mark Cronin. John and Mark are the owners of John's Crazy Socks. For most of John's life, he completed his outfits with a pair of wild socks. His older brothers often asked their dad, Mark, to tell their little brother to curb his crazy style, but John simply ignored them. The 21-year-old John has Down syndrome. As high school graduation loomed, he began considering what he wanted to do with his future. He knew that he wanted to start a business with his dad, but wasn't sure what type. So he went to his dad and said, we need to start a fun store. They considered starting a food truck, but they both found out quickly that they couldn't cook, which is kind of one of the skills you need. So they both decided to get into the sock business. That's where they would explore and share their fun and creative side. So in November of 2016, John and Mark Cronin settled on the name John's Crazy Socks. They designed a website and a logo and they took off. And as of last year, 2017, they did $1.75 million in sales. That's representing over 42,000 separate orders. So this is an amazing story. They're projecting to do double that number this year, 2018. I'm so excited for you guys to hear this story. The socks that they sell are amazing and creative and so many different options that you can get. I bought a pair of socks that showed awareness for those that wanted to be empowered and go out and work, but seem to have disabilities. My opportunity to give back. And I hope you guys are inspired by this story. So without further ado, here is my special dual guest, Mark and John Cronin. Hi, John and Mark. Welcome to the show. How are you? Hey. Hey, doing well. I thank you guys so much for being on. How are you guys doing today? I'm terribly good day so far. Well, and, and thanks for having us on. It's a Friday, which is always good. <laughs> I love Fridays. Friday around here, we do staff lunch. So we bring lunch in for everybody. Oh, that's really cool. Today's lunch is going to be a little bit special because... Uh, Somebody we know is having a birthday on Sunday. Who's that, John? It's my birthday. It's your birthday. We celebrate birthdays around here. Happy birthday, John. How old will you be? I'm going to be 22. 22? You're a grown man. You should just grow your beard out and stuff now. Just just go all the way with it. Oh, awesome. I'm going to have a beard. Yes. Well, John can have a beard. Why can't you have a beard? Why not? <laughs> Because have you seen our logo? I have. Yes, I've seen the five o'clock shadow on the logo. Right. Well, John has to look that way now the rest of his life. Oh, <laughs> he's trapped into the logo look. Got it. You would come to me and say, Dad, I, I want to get a mohawk. I want to dye my hair blue. And shave my head. Oh, and, and shave your head. They're all out the window now. <laughs> <laughs> it's unfortunate, but that's the way it has to be. So, John, because it's his birthday, he picked out lunch today, and um, he's picked out about the most unhealthy thing you could get. Uh, um, pizza. Well, no, no, no. Pizza would look like 
um, health food, not food. Compared <laughs> to the, I know a lot of your audience is on the West Coast. Yep. So you may not know of a New York delicacy called White Castle. Oh, well, I'm from the Midwest, so I'm from Milwaukee, Wisconsin originally. Chicago is big for White Castle, so I am very familiar with the small burgers that can cause some very bubbly guts by the end of the day. We're, we are going to have some suitcases of White Castle showing up. Oh, geez. <laughs> but we do have a, uh, a woman here who's a, a vegan, and she says uh, White Castle is great. Uh, she loves their veggie burger, and um, so everyone's going to be happy. Wow, that's cool. <laughs> well, happy birthday to you. So look, John and Mark, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself? Tell the audience a little bit about just kind of coming up and before we get into the business of John's crazy socks here. I finished up school last year and uh, I come out to my dad. I won't go in with my dad. Well, I think maybe Priest wants to know a little bit about us before the business, right? Oh. So... Well, we live in Huntington on Long Island, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And, and do you have any brothers? I do. Who are they? Jamie and Patrick. Got two older brothers, right? You're the youngest of three? Yep. Right? Has it been fun being the youngest? I do. You like that? <laughs> <laughs> it has its advantages. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Pastor, uh, he lives in uh, Brooklyn. Uh, he uh, worked for... Uh, Trainings he uh, everywhere, and uh, he does a health insurance company. Right, he trains people actually throughout New York to help people get health care. Okay, wow, that's impressive. But what else does he do? He does a, a stand-up comedy. He's a comedian. Wow. He does improv theater and he writes skits. Is he funny? He is. I, I'm funny too. Are you funny too? You're <laughs> hilarious. I, 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 you are a comedian. Yes, you yeah, are. And what about your other brother, Jamie? Jamie, my brother, um, he cooks. He's a cook. Okay. He's a cook at a local hangout called Vauxhall. It's kind of a, uh, a hipster place. It's as if they airlifted it out of Brooklyn and dropped it on Long Island. Wow. That's really cool. So Long Island is more of like a family environment versus Brooklyn. Now, when I say I don't mean to insult the listeners in New York, when I say family environment, meaning it's less hustle and bustle in Long Island, from my understanding. Right. I've been in Brooklyn, but not Long Island. Long Island is kind of old suburbs. Okay, It's undergoing some change. There are two and a half million people live on Long Island. Wow. To add to that, there's probably almost five million people physically on Long Island because Brooklyn and Queens, Mm -hmm. which are New York's five boroughs, are actually on Long Island. Long Island is 135 miles long. And so the East End tends to be agriculture, um, and it's more rural, except for areas like the Hamptons that you may read about on the gossip pages. Yep. But the Western part is old suburbs that's now changing some. Changing to newer developments? Well, for the first time since World War II, the suburbs are losing population, mm-hmm. and the cities are gaining population because— Cities is where the action is. Yep. So what's happening on Long Island is the villages, you know, there's a lot of track housing and strip malls on Long Island, but areas that have downtowns and, and a village sense are growing. And what's happening there is 
people are adding apartments. Mm-hmm. In fact, we've just moved out of a house into an apartment in Huntington Village. And one of the reasons is to give John some more independence mm-hmm. so he can walk out the door and there's restaurants and movie theaters and art galleries and stores. We'll try to keep them out of the bars, but uh, <laughs> right. that's an activity. Well, I go walk to Nick's head by myself. Right. You like Nag's head is a night right? Actually, they know you in some of the bars, right? When right. you walk in, they have your ginger ale waiting for you. I go in on the bar by myself. So when John walks into the bars, it's like cheers. When they welcome Norman, they welcome John into the bar there. Something like that. John and I, long before we started this business, we spent a lot of time together. Right, buddy? Right, yes. And I'm grateful that child services never took him away from me. You know, that the parenting may not have always been great, but it didn't cross the line. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm thoroughly impressed by you two. We can always look at stories from the outside. And just to be clear for our audience, as we get into John and Mark's crazy sock business, and we'll talk about specifics around this for you guys, but you guys have a really, really good relationship. First of all, one of the things you hear in the business world is that families should never work together, but you guys are growing a really, really incredible business and you're doing incredible things. So John, you have Down syndrome, but it's something that you've never let stop you. So you just were getting into the fact that you graduated last year. Now, John, you were in Long Island, right? When you graduated from high school? Yes, I did. Okay. So here you are. Now you graduated high school, John, and you and your dad kind of come together and you want to start something. You want to do something different, right? Well, it actually started while he was in school. Okay. So his last year of school, you guys came up with this concept? Last year of school, yes. And uh, two things were happening uh, simultaneously. For my part, I was starting some online businesses. Mm -hmm. At the same time, John, you were looking around wondering, what am I going to do when I'm done with school? A question everybody has, right? Right. So it was the fall of 2016 when he was starting his last year of school. And what did you tell me? I tell my dad, I want to go to business with you. Mm. you know, he comes and says, I want to go into business with you. And, uh, were you impressed by that, Mark? Was that something that you were like, wow? Because listen, whether you have a disability or not, I mean, if my son who has no disability, although I like to question that sometimes, if he comes to me and says, I want to start a business, it would still blow my mind because he's not necessarily business savvy. So did that surprise you to hear like, wow, he wants to start his own business versus go work somewhere for someone? Well, yes and no. I've done some entrepreneurial things. Okay. Uh, so he kind of knows about that. Yep. My eldest son and I actually together had tried to get um, this kind of online experiment off the ground. A uh, that would be a forum for budding comedians. Didn't quite work. So there was that kind of in the air. Mm-hmm. Plus, John had worked for me in the past. So it just seemed natural yeah. that we would say, let's keep working together. So he's been exposed to a lot of entrepreneurial ventures slash ideas and stuff like that. Yes. And John, he's a big believer in himself. He'll take on things. Can I tell this story about the talent show? Sure, Dad. So John used to, uh, in the summers, would attend a summer program with our local school district. 
he decided they should have a talent show. So he wrote to the head of the person running the program and said, I want to set up a talent show. And he had a plan and he went in and arranged it, met with the teachers, put the program together. I only found out about it later when the woman running the program said, this is fabulous what your son is doing, because this was kind of natural for John to go ahead and organize things. Wow. And uh, by the way, I really didn't know about it because of my friend, my friend Nick Smith, he won talent show before. So you were taking models. His friend Nick Smith had kind of already exposed him to it, is what he's saying, So, which kind of inspired him. Right. That's pretty cool, though, right? right? So John comes and says, you want to go into business? It seemed like a wonderful idea and a good thing that we could do. Mm-hmm. But then we had to have an idea. You know, what are we going to do? What was your first idea? I first idea of fun store. We wanted to open a fun store. Okay. What would if a fun store include, John? What would you sell at a fun store? Is it like costumes and such or just party items? What would you look at at a fun store? I, I look at um, something like a pop or the famous, famous um, artists. Oh, famous artists? Yeah. Yeah, I think like a, like a famous, like... A pop art. Pop art. A famous... Uh, oh, like Michael Jackson? But I think the answer is we never quite knew what a fun store would be. Right. Um, <laughs> so to some degree, it turns out that's what we've done. Well, yeah, because, uh, right? Then what was your next idea? Next idea, food truck. Food truck. Ah. And, and uh, where did that idea come from? Actually, I have an idea from the movie. I moved about the chef. Uh, the chef is a father-son. Father-son bonding movie, bonding with, movie with John Favreau. I remember that movie, actually. That was a Sundance. I can't remember the name of the movie, but I absolutely know which one you're talking about, John, for sure. It was called Chef. So, and a food truck seemed like a fun idea. We were talking about all the things we could I make, did. right? I did. But then we realized we had a problem. What was the problem? Please. I kick up. <laughs> That's kind of a big problem, John. If you're going to own a food truck, you got to be able to cook. Right. Right. We can't cook. I can't cook. Well, at least it's true to the fact that you're father and son and you guys both can't cook. So it's... <laughs> okay. So you wanted to get into the food truck business. That didn't work. You wanted to get into the fun store. You're trying to identify, well, what is a fun store? So that's probably still mulling around. Here you come up on the fact of socks. How do you come to socks? Well, it was John's idea. I did. Why socks? Why socks? Because I like wearing a fun, crazy socks. And I like to be, uh, be creative. I, I see that socks are very colorful. And it always, always let me be me. John had worn these kind of crazy, colorful socks all his life. Those, that was kind of his thing. One thing I point out: uh, my brother uh, telling me, "You can wear that fool." And yeah, um, my brother not a fashion police. <laughs> <laughs> so he's the fashion police. He told he told you you shouldn't probably wear those to school. <laughs> but John didn't just come with the idea to sell socks. He came with drawings of what a website could look like. Oh wow! And he had the name. John's Crazy Socks. So we decided, okay, let's go try this. And our approach, and this I think speaks a lot to how we operate. Yeah. We didn't pour time into researching and planning. We said, let's just build 
a minimally viable product. Mm -hmm. Let's just get something up there and see how people respond. And how did that work? Give me the first iteration of the business. You said just get something up there. Did you open like a Shopify site and just... We built a site in Shopify. We went out to get some inventory. How did you get that inventory? Now you're in New York, which has a hub of goodies there. But did you start drop shipping? What did, what did you do exactly? We started with John Socks and said, okay, who makes these? And went to try to see if we could get those socks. We immediately ran into problems. It's a bit of a catch-22. Wholesalers generally don't want to sell to you until you've already demonstrated that you've done business. It's hard to do that as a startup. So we got some inventory. We put a site up on Shopify. The only marketing we did was to set up a Facebook page, and we did some decidedly lo-fi videos with John Mm. on the way to school. We'd stop and do a little video down near the water with you talking about your socks, right? And then we opened on December 9th, and this is uh, telling, too, we always want to make sure we share this with other entrepreneurs. We were going to open at 10 in the morning. Mm-hmm. And, and what that meant with an online store was take the password off so people could access it. Except the website crashed that morning. Crashed from something technical or people trying to get into it? Something that I did that screwed it up. Got it. So I had to rebuild it and we opened at three in the afternoon. And we had about 31 different sock styles and we opened it up and waited to see what would happen. And we didn't have to wait long. We immediately started getting orders. Uh, They were almost, but I think they were all local orders those first couple of days. We had some boxes. So we put the orders in the boxes and said we'd go hand deliver them. We looked at the boxes and said, "Eh, they need something else. Mm. So we went and bought some candy and put the candy in. And John was so excited, he wrote some thank you notes. Yeah. And we drove around and delivered them. And people loved it. And we learned a lot and some of this by accident. They loved it. And they loved it so much, they were taking pictures and posting it on Instagram and Facebook. We got so many orders that we basically sold out in two days. Wow. So that Saturday night, I drove to every Kmart in Suffolk County to buy all the Christmas socks I could buy just so we would have some inventory. Because that's kind of what you do. So we had a, what we thought was a pretty good December. We shipped 452 orders. We were already growing a following on Facebook. Uh, We were learning things. And we we basically learned three things. One, people want to buy socks. Mm -hmm. It turns out that the sock industry is a multi-billion dollar industry. It's the fastest growing sector of the apparel industry. Why do you think that is, Mark? Why do you think socks have hit such a niche? Is it fair to say that the demographic is largely men? Well, most of our customers are women. Oh, okay. But most of the socks we sell are men's. Got it. There's a lot of both. There's, uh, I, I think what it comes down to is that for $10, you can make a fashion statement. Good point. Most of us are wearing some sort of uniform. It might be a suit and tie. It might be khakis and a polo shirt. But you can go get a fun pair of socks that you can personalize. Right. And they let you express yourself. It's what John always says. It was the point I was going to go back to about John was to say, 
it was the one area where he could kind of say who he was in a sense. And they make great gifts. Right. Uh, because you can, instead of just giving a gift card to somebody, you can personalize it. You can pick something that's ideal for the person you're giving it to. Mm-hmm. You know, if they happen to love microbrews, you can get them a craft beer sock. If they happen to have a poodle, you can get them a poodle sock and so on. What was your first official year of business? Was that 2016? Well, we kind of think of 2017 as our first year. We think of... Uh, 2016, when we're only open for a little more than two weeks. And in that month, we shipped 452 orders, and we brought in about 13000 in revenue. Wow. Which we thought was, was terrific. And we learned people want to buy socks. We learned that people related to John, he was the face of the business and remains the face of the business. He's our spokesperson. He's the logo, literally. Yes. And the feedback we got, people saw John as a role model. Mm. And I understand that. It took a little while for me to wrap my mind around it because, you know, I don't think of John as my son with Down syndrome. Mm. I think of John as my son. Mm -hmm. I don't think of him as being special in that regard. It's just, you know, this is, these are the things we go do. Right. And then the third thing is just a little confidence that, hey, this old man and this young man, we could do this. <laughs> so that was December of 2016. We set out to build the business. We have a very simple mission. What's the mission, buddy? It's spreading happiness. We're just spreading happiness. And everything we do has to answer that call. In the way we relate to our customers, in the way you know, it's got to start at home, in the way we work with our staff. Mm-hmm. Everything is about, let's just spread some happiness. Let's spread some joy. And we've built it on four pillars. One is inspiration and hope. So we want to demonstrate what's possible when you give someone a chance. We highlight the fact that we work with people with learning disabilities. John here is the face of the business. Right. You're the spokesperson. We hire people with disabilities. We show people off on our social media, just showing what people can do. In that sense, we're becoming as much a content company as a retail company. Mm. We do it with school tours that we give. Now we have five different schools that come in to do like work study programs so that their students can get some work experience. It's all about, let's just show what's possible. And we're making a deep connection with people in that level. So that's one pillar. A second pillar, we give back. Right when we opened, we made a decision that we would donate 5% of our earnings to the Special Olympics. And since then, we have added a series of charity and awareness socks that raise money for our charity partners. And that's an essential part to what we're doing. Early on, there were times long before we, you know, we even had a reasonable revenue, we were writing checks each month to our charity partners. And, and somebody said to me, well, how can you be given to charity? You haven't made any money yet. Mm-hmm. But that's such a core part of what we do. We wouldn't have the business we have if we weren't making those contributions. Mm -hmm. A third pillar, we're a sock store. 
So we have socks you can love. How many, <laughs> how many different socks do we have, John? Uh, we have 1,500 different socks. So that's 1,000 for the listeners, 500 different SKUs. That's amazing. Right. And in fact, that's growing. We have had people far wiser than me tell us that we have too many SKUs. Mm-hmm. But we believe we have to offer the broadest possible choice for our customers. Because they're looking for something personal. Mm -hmm. And in fact, we want to become the world's largest sock store, Mm. not in terms of volume. We're not looking to outsell Target and Walmart, but in terms of choice. And we may already be there because we carry so many different designers and so many different types of socks. It's amazing. When I went through the site, I looked at, particularly I was looking for the awareness socks, which I bought, and I'm, I'm happy to share with the audience later on what I bought and love them, by the way. They're super soft, comfortable, almost have like a bamboo texture feel, even though these particular ones are not bamboo. The seams are great, so they don't feel cheap in any way. These are really, really good socks. But when you go through the website, you can clearly see that you have a lot of different categories slash collections here. So I would probably venture to say you guys do have, I mean, I've looked at a couple of different market socks. I know there's subscription box companies out there that do socks. So I've been on their sites. You guys definitely, and at least in my mind or what I've seen to this point, have the largest selection in one place online of socks. Now, if that somebody knows something else, then forgive me. But as far as I know, you do have it already. Well, there are very few places that do exactly what we do, just in terms of being a sock store, of being that one-stop shop. And we know we offer more than any of the others that we've been able to find. You know, you might have more on Amazon, but it's difficult to browse Amazon. Sure. You can come. And our site, you know, it's not just choice. It's making it easy to find what you love. Plus, we have a Sock of the Month Club. We have gift boxes and gift bags. And uh, we have Monday Man and Mystery Bag. Right. I, and I, I went to warehouse to pick. I picked a few pair of socks. I done only for my day at 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. Okay. John loves that. It, it turns out socks is a very seasonal business. So people aren't buying socks in the summer. Mm. And we were desperate looking for ways that we could sell more socks. Right. And that's when we came up. We started with the idea of kind of a grab bag, and that evolved into our Monday Madness Mystery Bag. I did not tell you. Um, (laughs) As John said, we only sell it on Mondays. It's a surprise that John literally goes into the warehouse and picks three socks that are going to go into the bag. It's a joke between us because we do a lot of uh, Facebook live broadcasts, and I'll ask John, John, tell me what's in the Monday Madness mystery bag. Well, let me think about that. And oh, that? <laughs> no way. He won't tell me because <laughs> yes. it's a surprise. <laughs> um, it's a mystery for crying out loud. Right. We now have a John Graham. So you can send somebody a pair of socks. With a, with a handwritten note. Uh, so instead of sending flowers or candy for Valentine's Day, send a John Graham. Wow. You know, part of it is we want to have fun. So we have fun in what we get to offer. People work here. Everybody contributes and has ideas of, oh, let's get this sock or let's put this box together. 
And you appeal to lots of different audiences. Speaking of fun, Mark, you mentioned that there were four happiness rules and you were coming up on your fourth one for the happiness through socks. You have principles that you run the business by. Tell us about that fourth one before we continue there. And the fourth one, we make it personal. So what goes in every package? Um, every package gets a signature for me. And I gave her some candy, and um, we did same-day shipping. So we learned this in that very first day. We wanted to say thank you to people, so we put a thank you note in from John. We put some candy in from John, and we give everybody discount cards. They get two, one for them, and one to give to a friend because you're trying to make that personal connection. Right. You know, people who post pictures to our uh Facebook page, John makes little thank you videos. Yeah. We're in a world where we get disconnected from folks. We want everyone to know there are actual people here. You know, there's, uh, we do that in the way we share videos and photos of, of people that work here. So it's very personal. And even though that I've read you guys' story about your business, I felt very impressed by when I received the package. John, to your point, I got a signed note from you, and I'm going to put up an image of it as well. I'll put it up on your Facebook, and I'll put it up on my Instagram and on the blog post here uh, where it's a signature from you. And as you pointed out, I received the two cards, and I will be giving one of those cards away to one of the listeners here. In addition to that, you know, you get the candy. So there is something that makes it feel real personable there. And I think to your point, Mark, in this high-tech society, where everything is done by an app or everything is done by a system and you don't know if you're just part of an algorithm or if you're really dealing with humans, it is nice to know that although this is an online business, there's a human touch to it, which I really appreciate. And having John just sign a thank you, that says a lot for somebody that you know spent 12 20 plus dollars, uh, depending on what your, your average order value is. But I just ordered a pair of socks. And again, I want to give back a little bit, but you guys are still continuing to even give within the order. So it's a really, really impressive process. And I really appreciate what you guys are doing that way. Well, it's good to hear that. It's, uh, you know, we joke sometimes we're competing with Amazon. So John said, we do same day shipping. Most of our customers get their orders within two days. But Jeff Bezos is not putting a thank you card and candy in his packages. And even every packing slip, the sock wrangler who packs that, who picks that order, puts their initials on it because we have real people doing real work here. Let me ask you, Mark. So you're competing with Amazon. Let's say for fun here, Amazon has more socks, but it's not all in one location. As you pointed out, it's hard to shop through. But you do get to a point where you become literally the Amazon of socks and your business quadruples. How do you still continue to keep that personal touch? Because John, short of getting writer's cramp, can probably only sign so many. As the business scales and grow, how will you continue to keep that touch with the customer? Well, there are different things we're already doing. You know, at some point, you know, John, it's not going to be able to handwrite every note, so we can copy. <laughs> I, I, um, I, he said he'll give it the try. I love that in him. It's the way that we relate to folks so that John is not the only face of the business. We have other people working here with disabilities who can do things and speak for us. It's the way, you know, for example, the people that work directly with customers who take the phone calls or 
uh, emails or Facebook messages and chats, that job title was a happiness creator. Mm. And they're empowered. What we tell everybody is, listen, the customer is not always right. And frequently, and if there are entrepreneurs and business people out there, they know the customer is frequently wrong. <laughs> what, that's not our concern. What we want to do is make that customer happy. And every one of those people knows they can spend $200 on any customer at any time without asking for anything just to make that customer happy. Mm. And so you have to know what your mission is. You have to know what your values are. And that has to infuse everything we do. And that's how I think we're able to make it personal. I like your approach. One of my favorite books is by Tony Shea, who started Zappos. And the book is called Delivering Happiness. I was asking the question about scaling and trying to keep the culture of happiness because, I, one, I think your business is going to be very successful. It's going to scale. It's very apparent. I mean, I was looking at some numbers, and apparently last year you guys did almost close to $2 million in gross sales with over 40,000-plus orders. So you know, you're only going to go up from there because you continue to have people like the podcast here and there's posts out there that talk about the business. So growth is inevitable for you. Tony Shea has somehow been able to capture and maintain that culture. And I think you hit it spot on where other people that work for you, and we'll talk about your workforce, you currently have, or when I last read, it was 12 people that worked with you guys. Now, it's over 30 people. I think you said 31 when we spoke offline. That in itself is amazing. And a quarter of that has some disability. One third have some form of disability. One third of that. One third of that. Sorry about that. That's impressive because you guys are really practicing what yes. you preach as a business. And it's, it's running through the fabric of your business. That's why I, I, I hearken back to you have to know what your mission, what your purpose is. You have to know what your values you can't just talk about things. You have to make them manifest. And, and one of the things I, I say, I don't know who originally said this, is who we are makes itself manifest in everything we do. So if you're going to be committed to something, that will run through the way you answer the phones, the way you write to people, the way you package things. Mm -hmm. All of that is a reflection of what you believe. And when there's a disconnect, then you have a problem. Mm -hmm. And for us... We have a retail mission. We clearly want to sell socks, but we have a social mission as well, and they're indivisible. If all we did was sell socks and we didn't have the giving back and we didn't have John and the mission of demonstrating what's possible, if all we did was sell socks, you wouldn't be talking to us because we wouldn't be selling many socks. Mm, good point. At the same time, if all we did was nice things and, oh, we're going to hire people. People might like that story, but it's the fact that we have the retail mission that gives us some oomph, that gives us some resonance. When we were starting, I thought maybe we make this a not-for-profit organization, but we decided we wanted to make it a for-profit because we want to demonstrate to people we succeed because we give back because we hire people and promote people with disabilities. I mean, you'd have to talk to other people here to verify this. 
this is a great place to work. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons is because of the people that work here. Mm-hmm. It's fun. The people with disabilities, and one of the reasons we promote it, it's not just because we're nice guys. They help make the business. They can't wait to get to work. They come here, they're happy, they're productive, they're focused. It makes for a great work environment. We want to thank today's sponsor, Namecheap. Are you trying to find a domain registration company or a host that best fits your need? Namecheap is a domain name registrar in a web hosting company that I've worked with since 2002. They were established in 2000. They offer domain names at some of the best prices in the industry, along with full featured hosting packages, secure SSL certificates, who is guard privacy protection service, and much more. Go to the link in today's podcast, click on Namecheap, and get yours today. This is really good because you talked about thinking about being a for-profit and non-profit, and I know a lot of people have went the non-profit route and they wish they hadn't. You know, I want business owners and people that are creating businesses with a social aspect to it to understand that, look, and I think I made mention of this earlier, that I think it's okay to make money. People should not hide in the shadows when they're creating million dollar businesses because they're afraid they'll be judged about being elite or something along those lines. The fact that you're giving back and have a conscious capitalism perspective to it. So I believe in capitalism, but I believe there has to be a conscious to it like you guys are creating here, um, is very important because it takes the people like yourself to have a heart for other people, to inspire other people to come and work for you. And then ultimately they'll inspire others. So you're right. People are not only buying into the fact that I like the socks, the socks are very comfortable, but I bought the story first. I bought John. I bought the idea around what you guys were doing And then when the product comes, in order for me to be a returning customer, the product has to hit. And it does. The socks are very comfortable. I would wear the ones that I have on right now under a a suit. So you guys have, again, touched on all aspects. You're kind of hitting on the right corners here. And that business growth is indicative of what you guys have been doing, Mark. But more importantly, how have you guys largely promoted it? beyond obviously just the site, just the story. Has it been social media? I looked at your Facebook page. You have over 133,000 plus followers. What has been the main catalyst of this business in terms of how people are getting to it, making the purchases? Well, uh, a couple of things. It's mainly growing through social media, which is mainly for us been Facebook. We've benefited from word of mouth. So it starts with really taking care of our customers and connecting with our customers. And they have gone out and spread the word that has given rise to some media coverage that we've had, which has really helped us. We've had two viral experiences. One came last March when an online journal called the mighty, which covers the disabled population and disabled communities they put out a video of us. That video got over 20 million views. So we went from doing 50 or 60 orders in a day to over a thousand orders. Wow. And then we're kind of on the tail end of one right now. We had expected January to be a slow month. We were getting 75 to 100 orders a day. And the BBC put a video out. 
And we thought, okay, maybe we'll see a little spike in orders from England. But that video, last time I checked, had over 33 million wow. views. So we went from 75 orders a day to 1,500 orders. So we've benefited a lot from that. And then we work hard to take care of our customers so we have a high repurchase rate. And we do that by tactfully using email. We don't bombard people. We'll send out one email a month, I mean a, a week, to all of our subscribers. And that list has now grown to about 46,000 people. Plus, we use a series of follow-up emails that are targeted. We're doing more and more to be able to identify what type of emails to send to what type of customers. So that's how we've grown. It's impressive. And I have seen a lot of those articles. I didn't realize that it drove so much growth in the business, but that speaks volumes to what you guys are doing. And then to retain that customer base, build back through retargeting through email is such a good way to do it. But it all starts with the top stuff, which are the four principles that we talked about earlier. So Mark, John, as we wrap up here, people want to somehow get involved. They want to place orders feel free at this point to share what site they can go to Twitter, what's your Facebook page, all the good stuff that you'd like them to see and maybe how they can make their first purchase and so on. Well, what's the website, buddy? Our website is johnscrazysocks.com. Crazysocks.com. So it's J-O-H-N-S-C-R-A-Z-Y-S-O-C-K-S, John's crazysocks.com. And then people can, of course, connect with you on Facebook and follow you there. And you, as you mentioned, if they make a purchase, they can place their image there and all that good stuff. Yeah, we're on Facebook. We're fortunate. We now have 130,000 followers on Facebook. We post all the time. John and I do. uh, (laughs) We do lots of Facebook live videos. A lot of it is just showing what's happening. So on Monday, we went to a trade show in New York City called New York Now, and we were doing Facebook Live throughout that. We'll do one this afternoon or this evening to wrap up the week. We had been doing a football pick show, which a lot of people liked, particularly if they did not follow our picks because we were instantly wrong. It's never been Right? It's... Um, I think what we're doing, we're very fortunate. We've hit a good sweet spot in the way that the Sox embody what we're doing in terms of being fun, in terms of being inspirational. And we know what our mission is. We know what our values are. And we talk about them every day. We try to make them tangible in the way we relate to people and the services we have and the products we have. It's not enough. I don't think it's enough anymore to just sell a product or a service. There's got to be some social component to it. I think that's important for the organization. It both empowers people here and inspires our workers. It connects us with our customers. In that sense, we were fortunate this past summer, we were able to participate in a business accelerator program called Mass Challenge. And one of our mentors there looked at us and said, you know, it's essential, it's imperative that you guys succeed. And I understand what he means. We've now put out a model. 
We've said you can build a business based on people with disabilities. You can build a business based on giving back and succeed because of that. And now that we've put that out there, we can't let people down. We have to make good on no that. No pressure, promise. though. No pressure at all. No pressure. You feel pressure? No. Nope. <laughs> this is what we can do. We're so What fortunate. are you guys projected to do in um, gross sales this year, if you don't mind sharing? <laughs> we have no idea. Okay. Um, and, and I don't want to be flip about it. No, no. That's I, I get it. We expected January to be a slow month. Yep. And it was about halfway across, and it's turned out to be our biggest month. We shipped over 12,000 orders. We had 600,000 in revenue. And February started very strong for us. So I'm expecting we will double what we did last year. We've introduced custom socks. We're in the process of doing introducing custom socks orders for customers. And we are planning later this year to expand what we do with our videos to create a John's Crazy Sock Network. We will put on regularly scheduled shows on the internet and through our social media that will be hosted by or feature people with disabilities because we just want to keep showing what's possible. Wow. I'm rooting for you guys. I'm happy to be a customer and I'm a satisfied customer. I thank you both so much. Mark and John, you've been extremely gracious with your time. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you both, and I'm rooting for you both to have a great year this year. Thank you. You let us know what we can do to help you. Will do. Yep. Thank you, guys. Take care. Thank you so much. Bye. That's the show, guys. Hopefully, that was inspiring to you. I really appreciated them both, their passion for the business. John and Mark were amazing guests. They took the time out and both were so considerate to share their story. And as I mentioned earlier in the intro, I bought a pair of Ability Revolution socks and they were only $12 and they go to a good cause. Hopefully this is something that you guys can also support. The way that they show their appreciation towards their customers with handwritten notes and a piece of candy in the package. That goes a long way in terms of customer support, especially since that seems to be a lost heart with big companies. So hopefully I'll see you guys next Sunday. Well, I won't really see you, will I? Hopefully you guys will hear me next Sunday, but I'd love to hear feedback from you. Tell me what you think. Go on iTunes, leave some feedback. Let me know what you think so we can continue to pump out great content for you. Talk with you next Sunday. We're just trying to share so much insight with you guys. And hopefully this is something that inspires you as you build your business or you're just on the road listening to something. Have a great week. My style is impetuous, my defense is impregnable, and I'm just ferocious.